And some of us will be naturally people who look forward to what is to come. But I just want to take a moment before we look forward to what is to come to think about what has been. It's always good, isn't it, just to stop and pause for a moment and to celebrate the good things that God is doing amongst us. And I have to say, as we thought through all the things that has happened over the last year, there's so much to be excited about. You remember last year we had our Draw Near Vision Focus and uh, you see the, up on the screen here, we had our verse, which was draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And over Advent, it was really great to hear some testimonies of people who'd really been touched by God over 2019, maybe specifically around draw near, or just something generally God has been doing in your life. I just want to go through some tangible things that we saw happen over uh, 2019. Um, firstly, we ran the prayer course where we saw over 60 people participating in that course. It was wonderful just to hear some of the stories coming from that, of people's prayer lives deepening, people for the first time praying out loud. We also had uh, Thy Kingdom Come, uh, which Rachel did a fantastic thing in organizing it, and we had about 100 people come along to that over the week, really praying and intercessing for one another, for our city, for our locality. We also had the launch of Celebration and Serving Sundays for Children and Young People, which was an opportunity for children, firstly, to have interactive teaching and some opportunity to really encounter God and and to worship Him together. Um, Young people got involved in our services on those Sundays as well, helping in different areas uh, of Sunday ministry. We also have had the Family Fun Day, which was led by a group of mums. Ali was involved in that, my wife Ali. And we as a church were able to partner and support in that. And we had over 300 people on the site here. And it was a wonderful picture to see so many people getting involved and supporting um, one particular family who had a child who had leukemia at the time. And it was really wonderful just to be supporting and being part of that community. Also, it's been really exciting to hear some of what God's doing amongst the young adults, that they're uh, initiating some new outward-focused programs. And so uh, through that, we've seen over 25 unchurched people attend that, and they're doing a great job in really seeking to reach those who don't know Jesus. Also, we've been developing our sung worship here, particularly at the 10 o'clock service, and it's been wonderful to see new people stepping into that, having uh, our discipleship year guys join us as well and helping to facilitate our worship this morning. Lewis and Valerie were leading this morning. It's great to have you guys with us. And also Andrew Gillam stepped up to leading that ministry as well. It's just fantastic to see the life that is coming as a result of that. Um, also, we had bubbles and baubles. Any of you women out there were at bubbles and baubles? Yes, yeah, some of you? Yeah, I'll let you get a whoop there. Um, and a fantastic evening from what I hear and just a really exciting atmosphere of people enjoying themselves and enjoying that sense of community. And then finally, which I think is a real celebration, is that there were 89 gifts given at St. James to struggling families in the city through Coventry City Mission. So that's thanks to all you guys, all the work that you've done over this last year. Together, we've been able to achieve all those different things, motivated and inspired by the Spirit of God. And that's just some of it. There's so much more that we could celebrate. We had to confine it because it wouldn't all fit on the page, and I'd be speaking for too long if I shared all the things. But wonderful to really celebrate the good things that God is doing amongst us. So as I said, spent some time really reflecting on what our vision focus is for the coming year. And as we spent time waiting and listening uh, and responding to God, just one very simple phrase 
has come to the fore. And this simple phrase is greater love. Greater love. We believe that God is calling us to greater love over this coming year. And it comes directly from the Bible, from John chapter 15 and verse 13, where we read, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And this verse reminds us of the extravagant love of God. You know, I'm always amazed by the love of God, that God himself was willing to sacrifice his son for each one of us. He loves us that much. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God is calling us to greater love. And this greater love expresses both God's amazing love for us but also in turn the love that we are called to express to others. That not only are we called to receive God's love, but we're also called to respond to God's love and demonstrate that love to others as well. God is calling us into greater love. And about five years ago, in uh, 2015, we reflected on what our overall vision was as a church. And some of us will remember the imagined vision that we uh, compiled together over 60 people involved in putting this together. And we're actually going to spend a bit of time this year going back over that to remind ourselves of what that vision is. But one particular statement within that imagined vision says this. At St. James, imagine a powerhouse, a church community which shares the good news of Jesus through words and actions to thousands of friends, family and people, both in our parish community of Stichel and our network communities across Coventry and beyond. You know, we're already seeing the realisation of some of this. We have already had literally thousands of people that we've shared the good, news of mess- the good news of Jesus with. We've had over a thousand school children in this building sharing the good news. We've run alpha courses. Uh, as individuals, we've had opportunities to share our faith with those who don't know Jesus. But there is always more. God is calling us into more. He's calling us to step forward and to demonstrate greater love to those who don't know Jesus. I have to say I'm really excited and encouraged by the way in which I already see this happening. Um, I've already mentioned the Family Fund Day. It was a wonderful image of just seeing so many people here on our site demonstrating something of the generosity of God by uh, hosting that event. As I said already, the young adults, God is going ahead and he's drawing people who don't know Jesus to himself. Another uh, situation that I was really struck by just before Christmas at the Thursday Cafe, I walked out of the the church office and uh, you could turn left to make your vote for the general election. There was a long line of people queuing up. As I turned right and walked towards the church hall, I could hear the sound of singing. And it was uh, the Grange uh, Farm School Choir come to sing at the cafe, and we had a whole load of people from the community as well come to the cafe. And I just thought, what a picture of the kingdom of God that we have all ages, people from different backgrounds gather together, sharing community together. And in the midst of the political turmoil that our country has been facing recently, we were hosting the election. And as people came in, they got to hear the singing, they got to see the community which is what God is calling us to. He's calling us to create Christ-centered community. God wants to take us on further in this. And so over the next 
number of weeks leading up to Easter, we're going to spend some time really seeking to embed and unpack what it is to express greater love. I don't know about you, but I need to know more about this. I need to grow in this. I need to hear stories of how God is working through each of us and also uh, understand from the scriptures how we can better express that greater love to others. And so we've got two main teaching series over these next weeks to help us to focus on this. The first is Frontline Sundays, a resource that comes from LICC. And over, over five Sundays, we uh, are looking uh, through this series to be able to affirm, celebrate, and inspire one another in our everyday mission so that we can identify what our front line is, whether that front line is our work, whether that front line is our family or our leisure activity, whatever it is we spend time doing and interacting with others, identifying that and being able to communicate the good news of Jesus in those places. Also, there will be small group material as well, which will support that. So if you're part of a small group and you want to follow along uh, that series, you can look at that material and that will help you to reflect on what we're thinking about over those weeks. And then following this, we have our seven-week series on what is mission. What is mission? And over these weeks, we will really want to embed some principles and practices in mission and grow in our awareness of God's greater love and think about how we express this greater love to other people. So there's just a flavor of some of the teaching over this term. There will be other things we'll be focusing on over the year to help us grow in this. Um, And alongside this teaching, we also want to uh, provide some tangible ways that we can get stuck in to the uh, vision focus over the coming year. So we've got five different fresh opportunities, as we call them, that enable us to engage with this. And the first one, which I'm really excited about, is supporting refugees in our city I'm really encouraged already by the way in which a number of us uh, at St. James are involved in working with refugees in different ways. And we just sense that God wants us to draw this together and have a bit more focus in it. And so one of the, one of the things we're going to be launching next week is a partnership with Proof Bakery, uh, which is an opportunity for us to support a, uh, a small business that is run employing uh, Syrian refugees uh, and by buying their bread we can make a difference for them. And so we're going to set up a bakery at the back of church. Well, not quite a bakery. The produce of the bakery. And uh, you can sign up if you want to, to buy bread. And we'll hear more details about that next week. Shanice, who runs that uh, uh, organization, will come be coming to talk to us. She'll be going to the Grange as well um, to share that with us. So do be thinking about that. Incidentally, you will be receiving a letter from me with all these details Um, articulated so you'll be able to see what's happening and what we're doing. Um, Also, we're going to be running a Talking Jesus course, which is all about uh, facilitating and and empowering and helping us to better communicate our faith with other people. Hands up if you struggle sharing your faith with others. Most of us, our hands are going up. If your hand's not up, come and talk to me afterwards. I want to hear more from you. Um, We're called to share our faith, but it is difficult. That is a reality. But we have such an exciting message, and we want to grow in our confidence about sharing that. And so I want to encourage each one of us to come along to that. Last year, we had about 60 sign up to our course leading up to Easter. It would be great to have a similar number even more. 
a great way for us to draw together as a church and really engage with this material. So I really encourage you to sign up to that. Um, also, we're um, launching a new uh, children's club, a mid- midweek children's club. The children and families team are going to be launching that. And a, that's an opportunity for uh, children of this church to invite their friends who don't know Jesus uh, to really engage with lots of fun, interactive games and activities and also to hear the good news message of Jesus as well. So more details will come out. There'll be a bit of a consultation around that and how we shape that. So parents do be listening out for that. Um, also, we are continuing to reflect on um, how we develop this building to make it a more welcoming place, a place where people come in and they feel welcomed and they feel warm, particularly in the winter months, uh, and, and also how we can facilitate this to be used for the community, that it's a welcoming space for our community. And finally, we, we want to have a book of testimony, a way of giving praise and glory to God about all the things that he's doing amongst us. And I want to put a bit of a challenge out here in this, is that we're called to share our faith. We can start by doing that here. And uh, we're going to start by uh, inviting some of us over this coming year to come up the front and share our conversion story, our story of how we came to faith. And that may have been over a long period of time or in an instant. But we want to hear some of these stories so we can be inspired and we're going to write down testimonies as well so we can read those out and be encouraged by what God is doing amongst us. During the coming year, we can all be part of this greater love vision focus through being committed to our small groups, reflecting individually on what the next step might be for us as we think about greater love, that we can demonstrate God's love to those around us. We can get involved in it through the fresh opportunities I've just talked about. There are so many different ways that we can be involved. Also, I want to invite us this morning to think about how we can be involved in this vision focus through our financial giving. I love the fact here at St. James that we have over 120 people involved in our planned giving scheme. And this is an opportunity for families and individuals to come together to help make mission and ministry possible here at St. James. And I know that many of us here give sacrificially and generously. And St. James and the people that we work with are so blessed by that. So thank you for all of you who give to the work of this church. Now let's be honest about it. Uh, We find it difficult to talk about money in church. And people find it particularly difficult when the vicar starts talking about money as well. But Jesus talked about money regularly. Why? Because it's a matter of discipleship. It's about our commitment. It's about where we align ourselves. And I tend to only talk about it once a year. So I feel like uh, Jesus did it a lot more. So perhaps I should be talking about it more. I don't know. But anyway... I want to give us a few facts because I think the PCC hears reports regularly about the finances, but just to give us a picture as a whole church of the finances here at St. James. Last year, our income was £180,000. And during this coming year, we are looking at a projected spend of 187000 For this coming year, 117000 will need to come from our giving as church members. And this is about 66% of our overall income 
that will need to come from us as church members. Now, we're very blessed as a church. We have some resources that we're able to uh, let out. We have our church hall, and we also have a property that we can let out that gives us an income. And it's right that we use those um, and, and use them wisely so they generate income that helps support ministry and mission on the front line. Now, for a number of reasons, over um, the previous year, our income has gone down uh, from church members. And to help us bridge this gap over the coming year, we're going to use some of the resources from our reserve um, to bridge this gap. And we're also looking to increase some income from our letting of our halls as well. Also, I've mentioned that this year we're looking at a building project, which if we go ahead with that, we'll obviously uh, need a lot of financial resource to enable this. And you might think, oh, how can we do all this? Well, I believe that God is a God who supplies our every need. God is a God of generosity, and he has so much to give to us. And so I just want to suggest some ways that we may want to respond um, to today. We may want to respond to God's generosity in order that we can make what we believe God is calling us to do happen. If those of us who are currently regularly giving are able to increase our giving by an average of 2.7%. And if five new individuals or families can start giving regularly to our church, we should be able to reach our target for 2020. Now, for some of us, this will be possible. We'll be able to do this. Some of us, it may be harder. Some of us may be able to give more. Some of us may be able to give less. But the point is that together, as we work together as God's community here in Steichel, we can make a difference. I can speak for Ali and I uh, that we are committed to giving to this church because we believe it's part of our worship to Jesus. And we commit to giving 10% of our income uh, and where we're able to, to give a bit more because we believe that God is for the local church and that he works through the local church. Is that always easy for us? No, it's not. It's a sacrifice. But we believe that it makes a difference. And some years we're able to give a bit more. Some years it may only be a few pounds extra. But we believe all this is part of our worship to God. It's not about duty. You know, I don't want to put guilt trip on today. I don't want to put duty on us. This is about extravagant love and responding to the extravagant love of God. And so I've got two requests to us this morning, two things that I want to invite. The first is if you're already part of the plan giving scheme, will you prayerfully review your giving as you're able to? Secondly, if you're not part of the plan giving scheme, will you join the 120 plus individuals and families who are already giving regularly? Will you be one of the five new givers that we estimate we need to help us to fulfill what we believe God is calling us to in 2020. And I invite you to pray about this. And as you pray and reflect on this, can you bring your commitment to Commitment Sunday on the 9th of February, where together we're going to join in to commit ourselves not only financially, but more importantly, prayerfully and willfully in seeking to pursue God's greater love for us this year. I'll be updating the whole church on the 3rd of March to uh, inform us all of how we've got, uh, how we've done, and uh, it'd be really great to see what God does in and through us 
over this coming year. Okay, that's enough about finance. So I just want to just want to finish by just drawing a few pointers from uh, the story of the lost son. It's an amazing parable. We're all familiar with it, I'm sure. And there are three things I want to say about this. The first is um, that we believe that over this year, these kind of align with our greater love vision focus and were some key things that came out as we reflected and prayed about our vision focus. The first of these is raising the spiritual temperature, raising the spiritual temperature. The second is being radically visible. And the third is taking faith-filled risks. So firstly, to talk about raising the spiritual temperature. I love that phrase. We want to raise the spiritual temperature. We don't want to remain where we are. We want to raise that sense of our expectation of what God can do in and through us. And we see this amazing passion and heart for the lost in this parable through the Father. Firstly, we see the lostness of the Son. This son who had asked for his inheritance, he had said to his father, I've had enough of you, basically. I want my half of the inheritance, and I'm going to go off and spend it how I like. Thank you very much. And we get a picture of his lostness in Luke chapter 15, and verses 14 to 16, we read this. After the son had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. We see this man's lostness. Such was his hunger that he wanted to eat the food that was fed to pigs. And the implication in the passage is that not even anybody would give him the food that was fed to pigs Such was his lostness and his distance from his father. Friends, there are people in Coventry who are lost. There are people in our area who are lost. There are people on our streets who are lost. It may be physical need. It may be emotional. It may be spiritual. But God wants to break our hearts for the lost. He wants to give us a passion For those who don't know Jesus, it is amazing as we read about the Father, his compassion and his love for his lost son. We read in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, but while he, that's his son, was still a long way off. I love this language. While his son was still a long way off, his father saw him. The implication here is that the father was watching. The father was watching the horizon to see when his lost son was going to return. And when the time came, when the time was right for his son to come, his father was there ready. He was ready to be watching for him. God has not given up on our streets. God has not given up on our city. God has not given up on us. He's not given up on our family or our friends. He's calling us to rise up and say, God, I want to be available for you. I want to be here so when the lost come, I'm ready to respond to them. I'm ready to receive them. His father saw him, the passage says, and was filled. What was he filled with? His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. 
His heart, the, the heart of the Father was broken. It was longing. You know, so often I and many of us can be like the older brother. We're in that judgmental view of, well, they've spent all their money. They've done the wrong thing. But actually, we're called to have the heart of the Father. We're called to have compassion and to love. That's the first thing I want to say about this passage. The second one is that we're called to be radically visible. We're called to be radically visible. We're called to be light. We're called to be life. We're called to bring this to people who don't know Jesus. And we see in this passage that the Father is radically visible. We read that the Father ran. He ran to his son. Now, to run in those days, you'd be wearing robes. This was quite illustrative at the ten o'clock service, at the eight o'clock service, where I was wearing my robes. Um, but to be able to run, he would have had to pull up his robes. And by pulling up his robes, he would have revealed his legs, which in that culture was disrespectful. So in other words, he was willing to push aside the social conventions. He was willing to make a fool of himself because of his love for his son. He was willing to be radically visible. Are we willing to be vulnerable? Are we willing to go the extra mile? Are we willing to break social conventions to bring the lost in, to share the love of Jesus, to demonstrate that greater love to the lost? And thirdly and finally, we're called to take faith-filled risks. We want to take risky steps of faith in order to enable others to encounter the love of Jesus. We're called to step outside of our comfort zones so that others can hear the good news message. Now that would be quite out of my comfort zone, maybe too far out of my comfort zones, and maybe for many of us that would be, but God is not calling us to jump a million miles. He's taking us, he's calling us to take one step, to begin to bridge the gap between where we are and where we can be. It's one step at a time that we step towards God. And he takes us as we are. He doesn't call us to do something or be something we're not. But we're invited to step into what he has got for us. And what a wonderful picture we get here in Luke 15. As we read Luke chapter 15, verse 21, we read, Father, the Son says, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This son is expressing repentance. He doesn't even expect to be reinstated as a son. He simply wants to be a servant. And interestingly, in this passage, the father doesn't even address the son. He's like, that's out. What a load of rubbish. You are my son. I want you to be my son. I'm going to reinstate you. So what does he say? Well, he doesn't even talk to the son. He says to the servant instead, quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Then we have these wonderful words that the father says. He says, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Friends, if you want to talk about outcomes, wouldn't it be wonderful at the end of this year if we could say we can celebrate because this number of people have come to faith over this year. People who were lost have come into relationship with Jesus. This greater love that we are called to 
over this year is generous, it's exuberant, and it's extravagant. Jesus laid down his life for each one of us. He's paid the price for every one of us. He invites us, he invites you, he invites all of us in this room now to this greater love, to receive it. But he also invites us to share that, to not hold it to ourselves, but to share it with others as well. Jesus laid down his life for each one of us. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's own friends.